If you're looking for proven ways to take your fundraising results to the next level, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast, hosted by Tammy Zonker. Tammy has trained and led thousands of nonprofit organizations to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars and is also recognized as one of America's top 20 fundraising experts. This is the podcast where Tammy equips and empowers amazing fundraising pros like you to transform your fundraising so you can transform the world. And now, let's hear from Tammy. We'll start the show in just a moment after a word from our sponsor. Support for this show is brought to you by our friends at Bloomerang. Bloomerang offers donor management and online fundraising software that helps small to medium nonprofits, just like First Tee of Greater Akron, a nonprofit that empowers kids and teens through the game of golf. After just one year with Bloomerang, First Tee of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds. Keep listening to hear how they did it or visit bloomerang.com forward slash intentional to learn more. Again, that's bloomerang.com forward slash intentional. Today, I welcome to the show Sherry Cheney Jones. Whether leading a webinar, a workshop, or serving as a keynote speaker, Sherry brings 20 years of experience transforming the bottom line for nonprofits, foundations, and government agencies through her fresh approach to using data and measurement to impact social change. An author, professor, and internationally recognized expert, Sherry believes in data, metrics, and accountability. So listeners, you know she's my kind of lady. <laughs> After a 10-year career in government, evaluating the impact of public funding, Sherry founded Measurement Resources Company in 2010. Now a national firm, Measurement Resources, increases the capacity of nonprofit and government sector organizations through high-performance practices and data-driven insights. In 2008, Sherry launched Sure Impact to automate and simplify the process of collecting and sharing outcomes and impact data. Sherry is a thought leader on public sector evaluation and applied organizational research. She's the author of Impact and Excellence, Data-Driven Strategies for Aligning Mission, Culture, and Performance in Nonprofit and Government Organizations. I have a copy of this book and I Love it. I've just started. I'm about halfway through and I've already dog-eared so many pages. It really is a gem. She's also passionate about women's equity and the advancement of girls. She's past president of the Columbus chapter of the National Association of Women Business Owners and a commissioner for the Columbus Women's Commission for the Mayor's Office. She holds a master's in industrial and organizational psychology from Central Michigan University and a bachelor's degree in psychology from Ohio State University. Now there's something, Michigan versus Ohio State. <laughs> Sherry and her husband, Matt, and their four children live in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Thank you, Tammy. I am so excited to be here. Well, it's our honor for sure. Let's just jump right in. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is just level set. 
So what is impact measurement and why should fundraisers care? Yes, I, this is my favorite question because there's so many different things that come to mind when people hear the word impact. So I'll tell you how I define impact, what impact measurement is and why fundraisers care. So at the very beginning, let's define what impact is and what it is not. So when we're talking about nonprofit impact, what it is not is, and I know we're speaking to a lot of fundraisers here, so brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, but impact is not the amount of money your organization raises unless, I'm going to put a little caveat here, unless your organization's entire mission is to fundraise. If you're a fundraising organization, okay, fine. I'll give you a pass. That is your impact. But if you are a fundraiser, fundraising so that your organization can go out into the world and deliver services or advocacy or research or any other activity except for raising money to then give it to another cause, then impact is not the amount of money you raise. And impact is also not the amount of services you deliver. And I know there are probably many people saying, what do you mean? That's what we do. Yes, services that you do, the activities that your nonprofit does, that is important work, but those are your outputs. It does not mean that you've changed lives and changed circumstances for those who've engaged in those services. So when we're talking about impact, we're actually talking about the change that your organization makes in the community. So when we think about your mission statement, what is the mission of your organization? And do you have evidence? So now we're going to talk about the measurement. Do you have evidence that you're actually producing that mission or that change that your nonprofit has set out to do? So when we talk about what is impact measurement, impact measurement is quantifying systematic quantification that your nonprofit is changing lives and changing circumstances for the beneficiaries that you are fundraising for so that those services can be provided. And are those services delivering some sort of change? Yeah. Oh, I love that, Sherry. It's such an important distinction, mm -hmm. like outputs versus outcomes or outcomes measurement. Yes. Because activity does not equal effectiveness. Yes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. All right. Um, so we're, all, we're in alignment. Good. No, so no, we can, no can way there. We're, we're still on board. All right. Very good. So tell us what types of data should we as nonprofits be collecting mm -hmm. to better tell an impact story that does help us raise more money? Because yes. we all know donors, they don't, to quote one of my mentors, Kay Sprinkle Grace, mm -hmm. right? donors don't give to us, they give through us yes. to achieve an outcome. Yes, yes. Yeah. Another, another phrase that I've been using a lot lately, and I, I will give credit where credit is due. I've taken this from TJ McGovern, who may have taken it from someone else, but it's this concept of donors want us, the nonprofit, to be their portals of purpose. And I love mm -hmm. that concept of when you think about the donors that you're asking money for, why they want to give is they want to have that change that your organization is producing, but they don't have the time or energy to do it themselves, but they do have the money to give. And so mm -hmm. they want to see that money turn into change lives and change circumstances. And so ultimately that's why fundraisers should care is that it helps them raise more money. It helps them tell the story better, but 
that sell everyone knows that right fundraisers tell me all the time we absolutely love when our nonprofits are working with you because we have real data to tell our story and we're not making it up or we're not telling some theoretical story of case for support we actually have data to prove our case for support so what data do you need i'll break it down make it really simple there's three types of data it helps you tell a very effective impact story. So the first type of data that you need, and most nonprofits are pretty good at collecting this data, is what did you do? Uh, and so those are your outputs, if you will. So you want to make sure that you can talk about how many people you've served. Also, demographics, though. Sometimes nonprofits haven't linked who they serve with their demographics. So you can describe the population that you're serving because different funders have different theses <laughs> of what they're looking to fund. And so maybe there is a specific niche population they want to make sure that they're reaching. So the more you can tell about who you're serving in terms of demographic characteristics is very important. And then what do you do with those people? So is it counseling? Is it training? Is it coaching, mentoring, services, support, all the host of different things that nonprofits might be delivering? That's the very basic because, you know, what did you do? So demographics of the clients you serve or the beneficiaries you serve and what you did with them. The next level of information is how well did you do it? So this is going to be more of that story of the qualitative data related to do your beneficiaries see that your services are timely, that it's addressing a need or a problem that they have that is important to them because we found in a lot of the research that we do that nonprofits often mean well in the services they're delivering, but maybe they're not delivering it in a way that feels culturally responsive to the beneficiary. And it's very difficult to change someone's circumstance if they're not engaging in your program in the first place. So mm -hmm. having the data of quality is really important. So you can show your donors, not only are we doing these services, but our beneficiaries are telling us these services are how they want it delivered, when they want it to be delivered. It's culturally responsive. You know, it's relatable. It's effective to us. And then the Beautiful. third type of data is how are people better off? And so, again, that's related to those mission statements. And can you quantify how you're meeting that mission through changing lives and circumstances for those that you serve, whether it's an individual or a community or a system? I love it. And I do love that it also incorporates the program participants' voice, mm -hmm. right? So that it hits the mark, right? It's for, by, and with the people that are participating, which is really the shift that we needed to make to be more inclusive and effective. Yeah. So fabulous. So here's what we know. We know that when we apply for a grant, for example, or even when we put a proposal in front of an individual donor for support, we likely know kind of that quantitative, like what we're doing and the demographics and what we want to achieve, mm -hmm. we may have some of the qualitative information based on past experience or our theory of change, but we don't have the outcomes, right? Yeah. That is truly when we are in deep partnership with our program delivery staff. Yeah. Yeah. And so we really rely on them to collect that data. And sometimes that can be difficult, right? Yeah. So how do we, as people on the development side of the house, 
influence the program team to be more intentional and measuring impact. And then I'll have part two of that, which is really, and then how do we ensure that they are collecting it? Yeah. That can be, that can be a little tenuous at times through yes, know, with the best intentions even. Yeah. And I wish I could tell you, Tammy, that this was a, a simple, simple fix, but we can start somewhere and move along the journey. But what we yeah. found through, so when I really, you mentioned I wrote a book, Impact and Excellence, and I published that in 2014. And I thought, great, I'm going to share with the nonprofit sector the how. I'm going to outline everything they need to know into how to do this, give them the measures they need, you know, the tools they need, like the how. And I thought, once they have the how, then we'll be off to the races. And we won't have any problem. They'll just do that. They'll just do that, right? And so I traveled the countries, spoke to thousands of nonprofit leaders, giving them the how, would follow up and say, hey, how are things going? You know, you were so excited after this workshop I gave you, you have all this information. And what I learned after that is some nonprofit leaders took it, ran with it, transformed their organization and saw amazing results. And there was another group that frankly, like nothing ever happened. And so like most things in the nonprofit world and nonprofit culture, the secret sauce, if you will, is the willingness and the commitment of leadership to be data-driven. That really is the core of it is to say we value data, you know, from a leadership perspective, just like you have to value your donor retention data and your conversion data and your fundraising data and all of that type of data. It needs to translate then on the program side too as well. It's just kind of this culture of we want to measure our mission impact at the same kind of level and sophistication as we do our revenue side and our fundraising side. That's really the first step is looking at the culture of an organization and saying, do we have the same level of accountability and metrics and conversation and attention put on our program outcome as we do our fiscal outcome? Mm -hmm. And because yeah, in nonprofits, you're really managing to two bottom lines. You're managing to the financial bottom line as well as the mission bottom line. And what we find is when you do an audit of data and the value and the conversations that are happening in nonprofits, a lot of times that mission bottom line is not getting the same level of attention and scrutiny as the revenue bottom line. Yeah. Do you find that that varies by type of mission? I definitely have spent a good portion of my career as a fundraising practitioner inside the mental and behavioral health mm -hmm. sector. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a bunch of big-hearted, amazing social workers mm -hmm. who are just meeting needs and loving on these children, these families, whomever it is that they're serving. And they're not naturally hardwired mm -hmm. for measurement. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's true. And that's something we see, especially now where we've seen a lot of second career leaders choose to go from corporate into social service agencies and become the new CEOs and leaders of these companies. And they are bringing with them more of that data-driven mindset. So we are seeing that shift. And I do agree that there's, you know, you go into this work because you're, you don't love data. And that's why I've always said, hey, that's the niche I want to fill. Yeah. That's my passion. That's my heart. That's what I want to bring to the nonprofit. I haven't found there to be a difference by saying. 
Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, like when I was the chief philanthropy officer in Detroit for mm-hmm. nine years, initially, there was really no grant funding. There was no focus on that. Yeah. And so we definitely paid attention to that and grew the amount of funds we were receiving from funders, from foundations, and even some state and federal funders as well. And I literally had program staff coming up to me and saying, please stop getting us money (laughs) because it's so much work. Like it's the work to do the work. Yes. And they love that part. Yeah. But the outcomes measurement Mm -hmm. is just burdensome. How can organizations leverage technology? Yeah. To ease that tension that we feel yeah. between development and yes. programs and to make impact measurement easier. To be honest, that's exactly why I founded Sure Impact and brought this technology to life. Because as a former program evaluator, I knew what I was doing to progress staff. Like, I'll be completely honest here. Yeah. And knowing that they would get these great grants and part of that grant paid for some of our services and the funder expected them to start collecting outcomes and become outcome focused. And we were going into those organizations and saying, okay, we need to collect this data and here's how you have to collect it. And really the paperwork burden became overwhelming. And in that old model, there was no feedback loops that were meaningful to the actual, you know, we talked about the caseworkers or the individuals that passion is serving the families or they're serving the children. So To them, it's like a lot of paperwork. They're still doing the same work they've always been doing. And there's no positive feedback loop. It's just more work, to your point, Tammy. Mm -hmm. And so you don't blame anyone for saying, I don't want to do this. This is too much. So what Sure Impact does, or technology in general, can help nonprofits do, is allow the line staff, if you will, the people on the ground doing the work, to just have an easy way to be tracking what they're doing every single day. So really changing the conversation from thinking about it as evaluation or outcomes measurement or impact measurement, but just like here is a tool to help you do your job better. Here's a tool to help you remember what you talked about last week with the families. Here is just a tool to simplify your life and give you everything you need. However, with that outcomes measurement, pieces inside of the everyday work that the program staff are doing, make it easy for them to collect the data. In some cases, like our Sure Impact users, they don't even realize that what they're doing is collecting outcomes because the system is aggregating that data for them. So it's giving the fundraisers, the grant writers, the executive leaders, the information and data they need in an aggregate composite way for them to better tell their story. But at the program level, it's just streamlining the way they're doing their work, Mm -hmm. transforming the culture to still do what they always have to do to deliver better services, but incorporate outcomes measurement as part of that work. I love that. I mean, truly like an answer to prayer, right? I like to think so. We like to say we take out all the hard. Just because, you know, I've been in this industry for so long, doing this work for so long, I knew the pain point of both sides. I knew the pain points of the line staff for collecting data. And then I also knew the pain points of the grant writers and the fundraisers saying, we need this information to be more successful at our job. As we built Share Impact, we were asking ourselves, how do we take out all the hard? How do we just make it so the nonprofit leaders can focus on doing what they love best? Obviously, though, 
there still needs to be a level of documentation. There still needs to be a level of accountability, but doing it in a way that takes out some of that burdens on paperwork. And then another thing that we found that really helps and gets people excited is that if you have that ongoing feedback loop, so what Sure Impact does is it provides even the individual contributor their own outcomes dashboard. So it helps transform the culture to really being outcomes focused because we know what we focus on grows. And so if I'm logging in every day, seeing, you know, how I'm contributing to the betterment of the totality, not just one individual at a time, it also in some ways reduces burnout because oftentimes, especially if you're in the social services, that work is really difficult. And sometimes that one difficult client can make someone feel like, oh, this is really hard work. But if you're logging in every day and seeing, no, actually, 85% of those that I'm serving, I can see they're getting better on these key outcomes. Maybe that one really complicated case, I don't focus so much on that. I have some positive things to celebrate as well. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. First T of Greater Accra needed to switch from an outdated donor management system to something more user-friendly. With Bloomerang, they found that and more. Here's Executive Director Josh Smith sharing what he likes about Bloomerang. We love Bloomerang because it's so, like, it's very user-friendly. We're able to do more because our daily tasks of thanking donors and sending thank you notes have been cut more than half because of Bloomerang. Year over year, we have raised more funds. So obviously, I think Bloomerang's been a huge part of that. By investing in a donor management system that they actually love using, First Tee of Greater Akron was able to raise more funds and continue creating lasting change in their community. To listen to the full interview with First Tee of Greater Akron, visit bloomerang.com forward slash intentional or click the link in the show notes. Yeah, I like that. Does Sure Impact replace existing systems where organizations are tracking case management, et cetera? Or is it an integration? Well, it is, it's a yes and because okay. we're a collective impact engine first and foremost. So, impact measurement platform first and foremost. We do have case management features within Sure Impact for those organizations who don't have a way to easily track what they're doing and how well they're doing and how people are better off. So we offer that to them. However, if you're a larger system that's using another robust case management platform that's working for you, we also have integrations and allow clients to upload their data into SureImpact. So we deliver the impact measurement pieces. Okay. Wonderful. Because I know some organizations are mandated to use certain Mm -hmm. systems. Yes. At the state level or the county level. Okay. Well, that's encouraging. So it can fit in different ways for different organizations. Yep. Hmm. And we have some nonprofits who, like those who are mandated, for example, we have a lot of organizations that are in housing space, so they're mandated to use HMIS systems in their communities, but that's only a segment of the programming they do. So maybe all their other non-HMIS programs are using SureImpact, and then they're just uploading the HMIS data. And so they have within SureImpact one single source of truth to tell their story, even though they're mandated to use another system for some segment of their population. Yeah, yeah, really powerful. Sherry, I know you work with foundations and government agencies and nonprofits. 
historically, there's been some significant power dynamics between grant funders and grant recipients, right? Kind of a top-down, do it this way, so many words, in a box, online. Yes. Thankfully, that is beginning to shift more toward partnership versus that power dynamic that most of us have experienced. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing related to that partnership approach? And how do you think we might accelerate that shift? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do. I'm really excited and encouraged by, you know, whether it's trust-based philanthropy or more and more funders looking at operational support instead of program support. So we've seen a shift in the funding community, which is really exciting. But I think that the nonprofit world is going to have to shift as well. And I'll tell you a real example that's happening here in Columbus. So the city of Columbus, so government funder, is investing $30 million into nonprofit over three years in operational support. So it's not tied to programs. It's like, hey, you need to spend it on training, spend it on training. You need to spend it on a staff, spend it on staff. You need to buy a bus, buy a bus. Like, so it's not tied to any specific programs. However, the city leadership needs to know that that $30 million is making a difference on the different domains the city leadership cares about. And so they're using Sure Impact to help them quantify the impact of $30 million of unrestricted dollars across 112 nonprofits. So as a nonprofit community, I think the way we can continue to keep this partnership is the more we're able to demonstrate and tell our own story on how our organization is moving the needle and starting to communicate how we track success. What is our cost per success? I could do a whole kind of talk on the importance of being able to quantify how much does it cost to get one person to a successful outcome instead of how much does it cost to serve a person? Just because we serve someone, as we talked about at the beginning, doesn't mean we've made them any better. And sometimes that cost to serve someone might be expensive, but it's okay because we're getting one person to an outcome that we all have agreed is important. And so I think that we're in a really great time in history with technology, the accessibility of technology, and this shift in in funder attitudes. But as nonprofits, we also, I think, need to lean into this shift and become more accountable, become more data-driven, focus on our outcomes. And then when we have those partnerships with our funders, it's more about learning. It's more about communities. I love the concept of a community of learning. Like, hey, we've learned that, you know, I've worked in organizations and unfortunately, when they started measuring things, they learned that they were making, in some cases, making kids worse. Mm -hmm. I know no one wants to talk that story. They don't like that. But just think about it. Had they not been brave enough and willing enough to start to measure outcomes, 10 years later, they still could be making it worse. But they could be telling a great story about, look, we have this program and we've served all these kids. But did we make these kids any better, right? But because they were able to have that data and understand what was going on, instead of they didn't lose funding, they were able to talk to their funders about, this is what we're learning. So we've pivoted our model. And we've learned that we actually need to invest more in diverse programming. And so this is what we're implementing, right? Talk about going back to wanting to be a portal of purpose. If you're able to come to your funders with that type of story and that type of learning and that kind of case for support, much more powerful than just sharing outputs of numbers. Absolutely. 
And it's so rooted in integrity. Yes. Right? And it embraces that whole concept of fail faster, learn, transform. And when you have big ahas like that Mm -hmm. and you cast a new vision based on those data-informed insights, people get excited about supporting it. Like, oh, because we've been, you know, throwing money at this for a long time. Yeah. And we don't really see conditions improving. And I have to think that that's part of our donor retention challenge in the U.S. Yeah. No, I think you would know more than I, but I think that they get burnt out. We did some work with the Minohab Food Bank here in Columbus and essentially calculated that if we were going to continue to solve hunger the way we had continued to think about it in our community, the food bank would have to be a 62 million dollar a year food bank 62 million dollars like who wants to one raise 62 million dollars every single year and go to those same funders every single year and say oh we need 62 million dollars to feed all the people but because the food bank leader was one of those very innovative leaders he totally changed it on his end he's like yes we are about emergency feeding but we're going to redesign the way we think about food banking to make it so we don't have to be a $62 million food bank every single year. Yeah. So to use the data to really get to the essence of the problem, mm-hmm. right? The root cause yeah. of the problem while continuing, like kind of living in two worlds, yes. emergency yeah. feeding, but yeah. we've got to solve. And the more that we can solve, the less we need for emergency feeding. I get it. Yes. Yeah. And it's all based from A, data insights. Mm-hmm leadership that's courageous enough to look at the truth yeah, and also courageous enough to cast a new vision and to say, we've got it all wrong. Yeah. And that's amazing because we can change it. We can change it. We don't have to do it how we've always done it. Yeah. With community support, we can change yeah. it. And so to yeah. your point, it gives us a, a better, more compelling, more effective story to tell and work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry, you got me all whipped up over here. This is really exciting. I get so excited about this. Yeah. All right. Tell us another story about maybe one of your proudest moments. Yes. A case study in addition to the great food bank story. Yeah. A case study from a nonprofit client who's been super successful transforming into a data-driven impact organization. Yes. So I love to tell her story. Laurie Leigh Bellhumor is the CEO of an organization in Anaheim, California called Western Youth Services. And they are a youth-serving nonprofit focusing more in the behavioral health, social-emotional development of young people. But when Laurie and I met probably seven or eight years ago at a conference, she heard me speak and she came up to me afterwards. She's like, we need to talk. Because in her community, one in five young people were diagnosed with mental illness and symptomology. She said, I want to change that to one in 10 in this generation. But although I I have contracts, I have government funding, all I know is compliance. I don't know if we're really making a difference. I know that we're seeing kids and we're serving kids, but I can't tell you, am I meeting that mission? And so we worked with her baby steps along the way to help her implement outcomes. For them, they implemented something called the Youth Outcomes Questionnaire that helped measure where kids moving towards functioning. And after about a year, she was able to know that 78% or 72%, I don't remember the specific numbers, but 
she could quantify the percentage of young people who are getting better that they were serving. Then she went on to calculate the cost for success. So she knew that her programs cost about $1,500 to get one young person to success. But she calculated that it was saving the community $10,000 per person. So now when she went to the county, she's like, hey, you know, this percentage of young people are getting better. It costs $1,500 to get to that outcome. But we're saving you $10,000 a year. And she was able to expand her programs through all schools in Anaheim because of that story. And when COVID hit and a lot of money was flowing into communities, her organization got the call from the county and said, we have $2 million. We want to give it to you. Wow. Yeah. You know, kind of no questions asked, but we know because you can communicate your data. We know what you're doing. We know you're going to put this to good use. They're so data driven now. They're using True Impact. Now they know that this one particular intervention, it gets kids to success in six sessions versus traditional, which was 30 sessions. And they've gone to extremes, but where they started seven years ago was compliance organization, like most nonprofits are. And they're not small. Like, that's a big ship she had to turn to get them there. Yeah. And I agree. There are so many organizations that are just hardwired for compliance. Mm-hmm. And it's at the cost of healthy risk-taking, mm-hmm. entrepreneurialism, yeah, and oftentimes at the cost of innovation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get compliance is important, but not well, to the yeah. exclusion of those other things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Sherry, I know a lot of our listeners have to be thinking, how do I learn more about Sure Impact? We're really easy to find. Sure Impact, S-U-R-E, impact.com. And I will say, even if you're not interested in a technology solution, you should go to our website because I am, a, as you mentioned in my bio, I'm a, a trainer and a researcher at my core. So our website has a resource page filled with webinars, guides, tutorials, like just so much information. If you're interested in impact measurement at all, whether you're ready for technology or not, I encourage you to go to shareimpact.com just for all the great resources we share on our website. That's awesome and super generous. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be certain to include the link to Sure Impact in the show notes just to make it even easier for everyone. Thank you. Sherry, at the end of each episode, I'd like to ask a few rapid-fire questions just to provide a little extra value to our listeners. Are you game? I am. Yes. Okay, here we go. First question. What's the best fundraising advice you've ever received? Yes. I think this is an adage that a lot of people know, but it's great repeating. If you want money, ask for advice. If you want advice, ask for money. And I have seen that happen time and time and time again. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking to a colleague and telling her about a cause. It was really important to me and how I was working on it and what our goals were. And I was not there to make a pitch at all. She wasn't even on my target list. And by the end of the conversation, she's like, well, how much, how much do you need? I was <laughs> like, what? Well, okay. And now she's a donor, right? Well, you're really good at casting that vision, that case for support, evidently. Yeah. What book do you recommend to our audience and why? And it is okay if it's your book. Okay, I can. I live by his book, Impact and Excellence. But 
the cursor to that book I did not write. And that, and it, it's old, but I recommend it to everyone, is Reason by Mario Marino. And when I read that book for the first time, I had tears in my eyes because just his passion, and he's a philanthropist, but his passion for why nonprofits need to be, mm. and the subtitle is Managing to Outcomes in the City but why they have to manage the outcomes. It's a great book. I listened to him speak once and he used this phrase and I quote mm -hmm. all the time, which is forget your damn funders and do it for yourself. <laughs> it's just like this managing the outcomes. Yes, it helps with fundraising, but it should just be part of your organization's DNA. Love it. What are the three most important traits a successful fundraiser must possess? I think number one is being able to cast a pioneering vision. So just the ability to, to tell that story and cast the future and what that donor's dollars can do, I think that's really important. I think that their ability to be in partnership and collaboration and kind of that openness, that collaboration with their donors and bring them along the journey. But the third ingredient is persistence. You know, the money is in the follow-up. So the more persistent you can be, the more successful you are. Love that. What's your favorite fundraising application or tool? Since I've never been a traditional fundraiser, I don't know that I can speak specifically to <laughs> fundraising tools or applications, but I think Sure Impact delivers some really great insights to help you tell your story. Fantastic. What's your favorite conference or nonprofit conference and why? Yeah, I think at N10, the Nonprofit Technology Conference, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun yeah. to go to that conference and to kind of stay up to date on all the latest and greatest tools. I've met some amazing colleagues. These that have been colleagues, partners, friends for years through those conferences. So if you're looking to immerse yourself into best practices and technology and nonprofits, it's a great conference to go to. Knowing now what you know about fundraising, about outcomes measurement, what advice would you give your younger self just getting started in this profession? Yeah, I would say don't put yourself in a box. My first job was the deputy director of performance evaluation for the juvenile court. I remember when I got that job, I was pretty young. I was in my mid-20s doing program evaluation. And I told my husband, I think this is my forever job. And now look at me. I've created a software platform. Yeah. I'm running this software. And Who would have imagined? Yeah, and I fell in love with entrepreneurship. So I think that just keep saying yes and taking the next faithful step. That would be the advice I'd give myself. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Sherry. Yeah, thank you. So insightful. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about Sherry, her company, Sure Impact, or follow her on social media, we've included links to her handles in the show notes, as well as links to the other resources that we've talked about today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Intentional Fundraiser Podcast. Keep on transforming your fundraising so you can transform the world. And now for a final word from our sponsor. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you to our friends at Bloomerang for supporting this episode. If you'd like to learn more about how Bloomerang can help your nonprofit acquire, retain, and engage donors, or learn how First Tea of Greater Akron doubled their unique donors, improved donor stewardship, and raised more funds in the first year with Bloomerang, head over to bloomerang.com forward slash intentional or click the link in the show notes. The Intentional Fundraiser Podcast is a fundraising transformed original. It's hosted by me, Tammy Zonker, founder and president of Fundraising Transformed, where we help equip and empower fundraisers, nonprofit leaders, and board members to transform their fundraising so they can transform the world. Visit fundraisingtransform.com slash podcast to subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my newsletter to get fundraising lessons, tools, and helpful resources delivered straight to your inbox each month. If you want my help with taking your fundraising to the next level, become a member of my Fundraising Transformers community as a growth member and join me live each month where I'll teach you the same strategies I use to lead, train, and coach thousands of nonprofits, social service organizations, healthcare foundations, private schools, colleges, and universities to collectively raise more than a half billion dollars including a single gift of $27.1 million. As a member, you can participate in my Ask Me Anything sessions every month and get answers to your burning questions. Chat with other growth members inside our private and safe online community about what you're working on, struggling with, and share lessons learned. And get instant access to my growing library of on-demand self-paced training classes. New content is added every single month. Learn more about becoming a member at fundraisingtransform.com slash growth. Talk soon.